Petersfield's Shine Radio. Welcome to Dogs With Jobs. You're with me, Kate Fairweather, and it's great to have you with me. I've got a wonderful interview for you today, which I captured at the Country Sports Day 2023 in September, which was at Barely, which is the beautiful estate, shooting estate uh, at East Meon. And my interviewee, Chris Green, he's kind of a performer because he does arena shows, but the arena shows that he does are about his sport of waterfowling. And he's very much a countryman of the kind that you don't get to meet in everyday life, generally. He's charming, he's very funny and fun, and I found him a wonderful, wonderful interviewee. And he had the most extraordinary dog, who was gorgeous, Alfie, who we're meeting as well. So enjoy. I'm going to put all his contact details in the show notes and on the website as usual. Here we go. <laughs> right, so I'm with Chris Green, Cornish Countryman, is the name you go by in the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that you, you do this for a living as well. And I've just been watching your amazing dog, Alfie. How has he done today? Uh, well, he's done absolutely appalling because I say to everybody, if you're ever thinking of getting a dog, then get yourself a, a bitch dog. So, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's got two things in his head, and that's retrieving, closely followed by girlfriends, which uh, won the day in the ring today, I'm afraid. <laughs> his concentration was a bit off, wasn't it? Definitely. Talk to me about what he does. Now, he's a very good-looking red, fox red Labrador. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's really super fit. I live down in Cornwall in the uh, real steep valleys. Nobody rides a push bike down where I live. And uh, I make these special boomerangs and I can throw a boomerang. So right the way down the hill, all the way down to the bottom. So he's got about a 200 yard run around a, probably about a 30, 40 degree angle. So and he's, that's why he's so fit. He's super strong, that dog. And he's very, he's, he's kind of slim and muscular. He looks like yeah. a distance runner if he were a human. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a fat one yet, to be honest, but I think um, that's their natural breed. You can still see his ribs. That means he's uh, in good shape. Okay. So we're standing by the side of the arena, and of course I've met you, Chris, today because you were giving a demonstration in the arena of waterfowling as a sport, but I'm guessing that that's what you do anyway. 100%, yeah. Right. So just in the arena, you were giving a bit of a demonstration, but t- t- talk to me about Alfie and how you work with him. Right, well, uh, we'll spend uh, all winter... He's only four years old, so he's quite a new boy at this game, but wildfowling, as we call it in Great Britain, is uh, is, 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 is the, the oldest shooting sport. It, it's older than pheasant, pheasant shooting. It goes back so long because hunting is is in the blood we've always hunted food and i just love to catch my own food whether it's fish with a fishing rod or um or, or with a shotgun but my dad taught me wildfowling and it's so exciting because you've got all the thrills and spills of a working man's sport there's nothing laid on for you you do all the work and like i said in the ring um you know easy gained is little value but when you're on the estuary you've got a you're shooting over the tidal area so you know some water's normally about 12 foot deep dogs made for it didn't he so his job is to retrieve anything over the water and he's very good so where where are you hunting with Alfie well I'm a member of the wildfowling clubs a number of different wildfowling clubs around the southwest Um, and uh, because I make hunting films for a living I travel all around all Orkney Northern Ireland all over the place it's amazing world amazing job I've got but um, yeah Alfie comes with me I've had a number of brilliant dogs over the years some not so good and uh, as I say, his job is uh, to keep perfectly still because we're hunting the wildest of all birds. You know, so what are you hunting? We haven't covered that. Oh, right, OK. Well, you've got the species ducks and geese. And uh, as I say, they taste delicious, which is the name of the game. So first of all, you've got to outwit them. So you've got to be camouflaged. You've got to be perfectly still. You've got to be in exactly the right place, which is 
50% luck, 50% uh, hunting intuition, I guess. And um, as I say, some of these estuaries are absolutely massive. You've got a two-mile walk to get out from the mainland to get out to the tide's edge in some of these places. Is it seasonal? Very much, yeah. The season starts on the 1st of September and goes right the way through the winter to the 20th of February on the, uh, on, on the tidal estuaries. Okay. And what does a day out with Alfie look like? What, what does his day look like? Well, his day looks like he's going to lose a lot of sleep the same as I do because I've got a 60-mile <laughs> drive to get to my local estuary, my best one. And, uh, and so we'll um, get all the kit on. He'll keep to heel. We'll run and walk all the way down uh, carrying a lot of kit. The dog's just... I already get some panniers so he can carry some of the load, actually. But anyway, we'll walk about a mile and a half. And it's just you and Alfie? You oh, don't yeah, have other dogs? It's a solitary sport. You don't go out with loads of mates. So, yeah, sorry. It's good with these questions because I've done it all my life. I'd never think to ask things like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I'll, I'll be got a big rucksack, gun over my shoulder, big bag of decoys, um, dog to heel, and we'll be walking a mile and a half, and then we'll strike out across the salt marsh, which is a tidal area. So you need to know about the tides. You need to know about the moon's influence. You need to know all this stuff. Um, you know, spring tides, neap tides. How did you learn all this stuff? Well, my dad introduced me to a magical world when I was just 11 and he took me to a place called Kingsbridge Estuary which in those days anyone was allowed to go below the high tide line anyone could go shooting that's what I say it's a working man's sport uh, but uh, and you know it was like second to football and fishing wildfowling was the national sport back in the 40s and 50s you know it's a, things have changed but I still like keeping these traditions going you asked the question, what's it like for Alfie? His job is to keep perfectly still, camouflaged in a hide right next to the tide line. You know, right out far out onto the, 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 the main marsh. And uh, we're waiting for the chance of a duck. Now, of course, as you know, a shotgun is a very limited range weapon of the chase. So uh, we've got to take close shots to ensure a good clean kill. And that way he hasn't got very far to get it. He brings it back and that's how I catch my Sunday dinner. I'm guessing that means a lot of waiting. Oh, huge amount of waiting. Sometimes you'll travel 120 miles. This mile. isn't sounding like a fast action sport. Oh, no, it can be very, very good. But um, very often, um, if, if, for whatever reason, like, for example, when you get too much rain, you don't. all the ducks are inland on the splashes and on the floods and on the plains and the ponds and all that sort of stuff. And tell so me... they're not on the estuary, you see. <laughs> so, assuming that it's a good day... Now, you mentioned camouflage, and, of course, it, 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 you can't see it as a listener, but in the ring, you had, like, a kind of webbing or netting yep. that was camouflage that you... That, so you're, in effect, constructing a hide when you first go out there. Yes, And exactly. does Alfie sit in that hide with you? Oh, yeah, he's squat right the way down. And, and he's not I'm... allowed to make any noise? No, no, he's been trained not to bark a long time ago. Uh, but uh, we'll be sat there, and he'll be watching the world go by, because he doesn't distinguish between red shanks, oyster catch, just curl you, um, lapwing or seagulls or any other type so of bird. So is that your job? That's my job. I'm a pretty good ornithologist because Dad introduced me to it and I learned all the rest. And you only learn, but you can read so much by books. And, and of course, books are pointless because all the ducks are shown in great bright colours. Well, in the early morning, when it's just coming in the first hint of daybreak, you haven't got any light. It's just got that slight light, and that's the time when the ducks fly. So you see grey shadows. i got to identify it, work out the range, work out the forward allowance, and try and kill it if it's a, if it's a huntable legal species. OK. So there's a lot of stuff going on in your head. Oh, crikey, Alfie's yeah. sitting next to you. Yeah, and he's just waiting. He's just <laughs> waiting for the command, waiting for me to take a shot. He'll know when I get my safety catch off. He knows game's on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and does he does he shift? Is his body language shifting when the well, safety catch goes off? Uh, well, he's always. You know it started to rain. Let's move a little tiny bit back. 
Rain. We were promised hottest. You know, hot hottest day of the year it was supposed to be, and Good. all the signs on the way in said no dogs to be left in cars. And actually, you can probably hear it's starting to rain. Yeah, well, that don't bother wildfires. We don't. No, you're used to it with your big waders yeah, in the yeah. in the ring. Yeah. So Alfie's waiting. So, yeah. Safety clutch, safety catch goes off, and then he's on red alert. Well, before that, because he'll always hear them before I even get an idea there's anything about. So I'm watching. So the are dog you watching a Alfie? Time, a lot of the time, in half light when it's still dark, but it's just just that first hint of daybreak. That's the time when all wild ducks fly. So that's what you got. To, that's what that's what you're up against. And that coincides, doesn't it, with that whole crepuscular half light for a dog, any dog. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he's on red alert. Yeah, he's on red alert, and he's been trained not to go running in or not to do anything until I tell him. So if I'm lucky enough to get a shot, and if I'm lucky enough to um, shoot a widgeon or a pintail or a teal, for example, then splash down it goes. He looks at me. I go fetch him on now of course there's lots to think about because i've already set my decoys up all tied together with some long lines now explain that all right so what's a decoy the true wildfire you'll be carrying a lot of kit you've got to be fairly fit and uh well we'll be carrying a rucksack that weighs 35 pound a big bag of duck decoys which are modern day plastic artificial duke of edinburgh eat your heart out (laughs) yeah Anyway, um, and of course, in the old days, I've studied the history, and, and uh, in America, they were actually really good. They were the pioneers of making wooden duck decoys. They'd carve them all themselves as hunters. Is that the origin of those sort of carved ducks that you see everywhere at country fairs? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, they were working decoys. Okay. Yeah, if so you ever find a genuine one that was around in the States from sort of like the turn of the 1800s, then it's worth an absolute fortune. Okay. Yeah. So you carry your decoys, and, and you showed us that in the ring, actually, on the demo. You're very loaded up, as if you're off for an expedition. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll um, we'll finally arrive at the tide's edge, going climbing up and down the gutters and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'll be setting out my duck decoys, because I'll always go arrive when the tide's out. So I'll arrive early in the morning, really early in the morning, two hours before I need to. I'm going to be setting up all my decoys, make it a realistic pattern to give the impression of a, a real flock of birds that are happy safe and either feeding or and does that attract the other birds well not always no but sometimes (laughs) it works sometimes that's the theory yeah okay and and then of course the tide comes up and our estuary where i go for example on the uh, um uh, is the tour estuary is uh, you've got a wildfowling club you've got to be a member to be to go wildfowling of a club and almost every river that runs out to sea in the british isles has got a wildfowling club on the on the river mouth somewhere you know because it's a it's a big it's a big game but anyway, so, so take um, me back to the point that you've shot a duck and it's come down. Oh yeah, He's sorry. Look, uh, Alfie's looking at you. Yeah. Does he know exactly where to go? It can be interesting because you normally got a double barrel shotgun. Occasionally you get really lucky and you might get two birds down. One bird may land on the marsh behind you in two foot of thick marsh grasses or Spartaner or, or um, sea purslane usually is what you get. Um, and, uh, and the other one may land in the water. So, Which do you go for first? If well, that exactly. Happens? It's the one on the water you've got to get first, <laughs> isn't it? Because the tide's dragging it away. And, so, uh, what know. does Alfie do? So, Alfie, he's marked that one. He, he's, he's heard both of them. Because, yeah. you know, and even in the strong wind, he'll hear it. And uh, the splash or splash, or if the tide's out, splat with a yeah. duck or a goose in the mud. But he's locked onto that, see? And so he knows. He knows the range. He's done it. You know, he's been, we practice it all summer. You know, we, we, we do all this sort of sort of fun. I take my dog for a walk deliberately at night, so he just uses his ears. You know, there's loads of skills you can teach a dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he'll go, he'll pick the bird, 
just like a gun dog would, soft yeah, mouth yeah, yeah. and bring it back 100%. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, because he's been trained to have a soft mouth, so he doesn't mark the, the skin of the bird, and he'll swim all the way down. Because don't forget, uh, the, uh, on a big tide, it's moving really fast. It's yeah. fast as you could walk really quickly. That's how fast the tide comes in. And, of course, the dog don't just swim back to you. He's getting swept down by the tide. Yeah. I've had a dog with a goose in its mouth, or which landed a long way out, and he's picked it up, and he was a quarter of a mile away before he got back to the marsh and now he's got to know how to pick it up and carry it up and down the gutters all the way back to me you know, which explains lo- why both of you look so physically fit yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so what happens with the second bird in this oh, well, the second situation bird. the one well, that landed behind you in the yeah, this is this is you know you're going to lose the one on the tide yeah. so you have to get the one on the water first and then you've got to get back to your hide or I don't go anywhere because it's all down to the dog's training in theory and so and so of course where you've marked where the bird landed behind you marked in the sense of you are holding in your mind you're, where it is no, you're holding in your mind what you heard and what the skyline looked like and the angle because it's, it's dark it's silhouette isn't it it's very difficult because the marsh is about eye level where we are because um, you want to be out of sight so you're down on the edge of a gutter you you, you you don't stand up shooting you squat down in the slimy oozy mud like this oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how wildfowlers do it uh, because you've got to be out of sight so yeah. you've got to keep as low profile as you can in my hide will be about that high so you're literally crouching down so it's kind of like sniping isn't it you're waiting a long time for the opportunity similar yeah and then yeah yeah one maybe two shots if you've got a yep yep double yep. barrel well i saw the look on my dad's face when i was a boy growing up and he didn't shoot a lot of ducks and he didn't shoot very much to be honest but he shot rabbits pigeon a pheasant he wouldn't go on a pheasant shoot but if he was on a rough shoot he, he, he wouldn't think twice about shooting a pheasant running because that was dinner, he didn't have any money. I grew right. up without any money at all. Right. So this is a working man sport we're talking yeah. So I grew up looking at my dad's face and the pride when mum used to come into the dinner table and he used to be eating something he hunted himself and I thought, I want to do that. You know, I've got to do that. So tell me about picking the one that fell. So back onto bird. the marsh then, yeah. So, uh, so you send the dog, what I was saying in the ring, it, uh, it applies. If you send a dog upwind of anything, he will never smell it. And of course the grasses or the, mar- the marsh plants foliage are fairly deep, especially in the early part of the season. So he's got to use his nose. Well, it's pointless if he's upwind. You come with me down to Bodmin Moor, you see a, um, a sheep in a, a rotten, smelly, stinking, maggot-ridden sheep in the stream. If you go upstream of it, you'll Can't never smell it. it. You can drink the water, can't you? You see what I mean? Same thing with the dog. So you've got to send him deliberately downwind. And, uh, and of course there's lots of other birds that's been on the marsh as well, so he's got to know but most dogs do that instinctively because it's the fresh smell of adrenaline or fresh blood, I believe, isn't it? So, Alfie will bring the birds back to you. When do you go home? How long you do can't you go home out? until the tide lets you go home. <laughs> 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 it takes roughly six hours for the tide to come up and six hours for the tide to go down. So Alfie's company for you as well. Oh yeah, well we have a great time. We love it. We have a cook up. Sometimes I'll take a, a burner up, and because I make hunting films for a living, that's what I do. Um, so uh, so if I've got a teal or a couple of birds, I'll cook one up on the marsh and give them a little bit or something. You know, it's, amazing. Yeah, it's a lovely life. It's great. Tell me, you, you you said earlier that you did some training with him over the summer because winter's hunting season from the first of September. Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you do with him for training over the summer? Well, it's just reinforcing what he learned when from when he was a pup. It's just re- re- reinforcing it all the time. Only as he gets older, he'll be doing more and more extreme stuff. So you'll be going on a four-mile dog walk, and you'll deliberately leave your hanky or anything that's got your scent on it. Just, just don't let him see. Just drop it, and you go. Well, I know you go half a mile. 
And you go, where's he to then? Go back. You know, and he's got to find it. And it did play these little tricks yeah. all the time because that's exactly what he'll be doing on the marsh. That's also very well, stimulating. Well, not picking anchor <laughs> Hopefully dead ducks is the idea. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, right from the get-go then, he's having fun with this. Oh, that's, that's the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, nothing works better for dogs than to have success. You know, I mean, what you saw in the ring, that wasn't my best show by any means, but, <laughs> you know... But it started badly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but as I say, um, you don't get those problems when you're out on the salt marsh. Yeah. You know, he's just smelling other people's bitches that have been in the ring before he even started. Yeah. You ain't got a lot of choice with that. Yeah. And that's another thing. When people... I see people trying to train their dog in a town park where everybody walks around the perimeter with every scent, every yeah. scent of dog. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Incredibly distracting. Of course it is. As if you could get anywhere with that. Yeah. So in the summer, you play scent games... Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You keep him fit we with do sound regular... Games. We do sound games as well. What's that? Well, I'll get, like I said, with a boomerang, I'll get me boomerang. I can throw a boomerang, and even on a day like today, I'll get it the other side of the arena over there. And so, you know, and he's got to listen. The whole idea of the sound is for him to be fine-tuned to hearing a duck thud in the mud or splash on the water, or sometimes in deep foliage, you hardly hear anything, but he'll hear it if he knows what to listen for. I guess the other thing that's occurring to me is so many dogs at work are working in noisy, distraction-filled environments, but when you're actually out on the estuary at dawn, in the way you're describing, it must be utterly quiet, is it? Apart from the raging wind and the the waves, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or the rain or the hail. Uh, Yeah, that's all part of the game, though, isn't it? Like I said earlier, easy gained is little valued. Chris, thank you. It's been fascinating. Thank you, Kate. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you felt you were there. We were By the end, we were cowering under some trees with the most ridiculous rain, particularly, as we said in the interview, because it was supposedly the hottest day of the year, and it just didn't turn out like that. But he was terrific, and often, I really urge you, if you haven't, try a country show uh, next time they come around, because they're so interesting, and you can see also so many dogs working in a really interesting way and meet people who live their lives and their working lives in particular with very clever very talented dogs so i'll be back in another couple of weeks i've got loads of interviews scheduled over the coming months but i always am interested in meeting dogs that do interesting jobs so if you know somebody that does that or if you perhaps work your dog or dogs please get in touch team at shineradio.uk and i will also put up photographs so you can see a bit more of alfie's work at shineradio.uk forward slash dogs with jobs and do get in touch if you work your dog i'm Always, always interested. Have a great few weeks. I'll be back soon in just a couple of weeks. Dogs with Jobs, presented by Kate Fairweather and produced with John Wellsman. Come on, Petersfield. Let's build a band. A beat from Dragon Street and a snare from the square. A bass from Penn's Place, a gliss from Liss and a fill from Bell Hill. Ooh, some vocals from us locals and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore.
Only Petersfield's Shine Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios. Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk.